I'm not willing to say Alabama doesn't win the West, but I'm willing to say Alabama's going to be in games this year where it's going to be like, guys, go turn on ESPN, Alabama's in trouble. Hey there, Georgia football fans. My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to our season four debut of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, episode 138 to be exact. This is an exciting moment for all of us. It's a brand new season, brand new schedule of shows, and a brand new logo. (laughs) Have y'all noticed that yet? It's very red and black compared to our old one. This is the SEC preview show. We do touch on a few national teams, but during our recording, it got so SEC East and West heavy, we just kind of pushed the Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, and others towards the end of the episode. It's quality information and analysis. We just relegated the other conferences towards the final few minutes. And since I didn't mention Big 10, let's just say they just got left out of the discussion. No, just kidding, trying to make a college football playoff joke there. Nevertheless, in this episode, I am joined, as usual, by my co-hosts Tony Waller and Will Leach, and we spend a lot of time talking about every single team in the SEC except Georgia. However, when we're talking about an Auburn or an Alabama, South Carolina, or Florida, we base our discussion on how Georgia will be affected by how good or bad we think those teams will be. Makes sense? Good. Oh, and don't worry, our big Georgia preview show is coming up soon and, in fact, has been scheduled for release on August 22nd. So go ahead and mark your calendars for that. And one last thing before we get started, we mentioned a couple of important links throughout this episode, such as the UGA hype video I published to my YouTube page and a very special fundraiser that Tony is going to be participating in. Just imagine Tony in a climbing harness rappelling down the side of a building and doing it to support Children First, a nonprofit based here in Athens, which is dedicated to promoting safe homes for children in times of crisis. You'll definitely want to check that out, and please consider a donation of any size as Tony goes over the wall. Yes, that's I'm using air quotes. He goes over the wall. <laughs> okay, this is it. It's a long one, but quite entertaining and informative. Football is almost here, and here's Tony to kick us off. So it's currently Tuesday, is it? Tuesday. August August 7th. 7th. Season four. So Scott has been previewing, teasing the hype video that he has done. We're going to watch that now. We're going to get some reactions from Will and I. Yeah, I've... um I was inspired to do a hype video because I was you know, scrolling Twitter like everybody else does, and I'd seen quite a few done. It's about that time of year. Yeah. You know, we're about three weeks out, and uh, people are getting excited. So um, I'd seen a couple, and I was like, you know what? I took probably 120 gigabytes of footage during the season last year, both in Sanford Stadium at Georgia that Tech. That sounds like a lot. Is that a lot? That <laughs> is a lot of footage. Um, I've got some, you know, from viewing parties that I went to. So, I kind of challenged myself to put something together, and this is it. It's about two and a half minutes, and it'll be on YouTube today as you're listening to this. Um, it'll be linked in our podcast notes and linked on Twitter and everything and, else. But, and on the website. And on the, uh, Yes, we do have a website. Yes, so. I presume on the Today Show. Yes, eventually. the Today Show is going to pick it up. Um, yeah. You know, it, It'll be national by uh, probably the afternoon. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Thursday afternoon. Sounds right. Easily. So So we know you're all sick of he's seeing it on every platform already. Right. But nevertheless, we're going to react. But do do Scott a favor. Go watch it again. Yes. So that's the point. He's like, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. It's like the floss. Like this is like the floss dance. (laughs) Like you cannot miss it. The floss was in my last video of G-Day. So this is true. Yes. Um, And Will starred in that one because he was predicting what was going to happen. And then the camera battery went out. In the G Day video, but um, but I digress. This is the UGA. The, I think I'm going to title it 2018 
Georgia football preseason hype video. That's original. A few minutes later. Look at that. That's the new logo. Yeah, I like the new logo. That looks really good. I also like your Jawabi Films logo. Yes, that's yes. pretty cool. Nothing against Jawabi Films logo. Yeah, it's, I mean, but it's not as awesome as I, I couldn't help it. It's a terrific video, uh, Scott, unsurprisingly. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I will confess, um, I felt like it cut off. I, I feel like it cut off at a certain point. Um, was there, there was like, it's the Oklahoma game. Well, the Rose Bowl is the end of the season, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, I forgot. Yeah, the Rose Bowl, that, that was it. And, you know, no need for uh, reliving any kind of things like that. I think we parsed through that plenty of times on episode like 130 think, or something like that. I think like you had that. to delete all that footage because right after it was over, you put the camera on your wife. And, and <laughs> yeah. I don't think the camera's usable anymore. Uh, no, no, reserved. no. I had to buy new cameras and, and find new uh, storage devices. But, uh, but yeah. Well, well done. It is that I'm appropriately hyped. Good. I am hyped and pumped. I think that was the thirty second time that I've watched it. Just not not really to preview the edit, just because I it just gives me chill bumps. It's, it's very well done. I appreciate I it. it. I, I love I love stuff like that. Appreciate. I, it. I will confess on the way over here, um, and I don't do this every game. Um, I mean every podcast, mm. but on the way over here, I listen to the Red Coat Band. Um, I listen to um, the Munson's. Um, yeah, uh, the, Bulldog Boogie uh, or no the. Um, I don't know what it's called. So, like, oh, you I, mean the you mean the, the it's Saturday in Athens. Saturday in Athens. Okay. No. No. Where Munson like bulldogs have graced the field before. Yeah, he right. with hearts. I, yeah. I just didn't know. He didn't says that name. before they do the it's oh, yeah. Saturday in Athens. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you're kind so of I right. So listening on the way over here, just getting fired up. How do you have a copy of that? Is that on like iTunes or I something? What do you know? <laughs> I have actually. Uh, do you have a bootleg? Copy I have of? a no. I have a DVD. I mean a CD of the Reco Band, and it's on there. It's. Well, uh, you, yeah, I'm going to jump in here, and this is the beginning of our fourth season. Season four, baby. And just four. to kind of dovetail off Tony talking about listening to some of his favorite music, the name of Speaking our podcast. About stuff I don't remember. The name of our podcast comes from song. one of the songs that Clisby Clark. Clisby Clark, right. And it, it was called, it's called Let the Big Dog Eat, uh-huh. because in a part of that song, he says, I've been waiting since last Saturday. And I think he says Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, to see another one beat, Lord, it's time once again to yep. let the big dog eat. And going back to when we were sitting at um, Grindhouse mm-hmm. back in the summer of 2015. Watching watching the last time the U.S. made a World Cup. Exactly. It was yes. the women's, right? No, it was men's. Okay. We're on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was... Yeah. Women, okay, yeah. so it was four, yeah. four years ago. Nevertheless, we sat there and mm-hmm. within the span of 90 minutes decided to do a podcast right. and came up with the name of it. All sitting right there at Grindhouse. Yeah, and and the the funny part about it is that um, as engaged Will as Will was in the naming the podcast, um, that's sarcasm. The uh, no, I mean, it was my idea though. No, it's one hundred percent Will's idea. Yeah. I mean, we this is but, this but, this is actually decently plowed land. Um, you know, Scott and I just finally kind of getting acquainted, and I was like, hey, you, we should do a podcast. And Will like literally gets like, I do a podcast. I'm like, I like this guy. I was like, yeah, we're doing this, right? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, the name, the name I was involved with because you get, we were trying to brainstorm a name, and my argument was, well, you you need something that only a, a phrase or right. a term that's true that only a hardcore Georgia fan yeah. is going to know and or yeah. understand. Do you remember? And James what we, Brown was taken. Do you, do you remember what our first name that we wanted it to be? 
which we thought about for a hot second. Um, a steel metal chair, right? Metal steel chair, metal steel because chair. that's what Munson says yeah. after the 1980 yeah. Florida yeah. call. I think I think I said uh, yeah. the same reaction I did right now, which is that sounds like a wrestling podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, we could do both. No, we're not doing that. I'm not. Uh, yeah, Tony Schiavone does a podcast, a wrestling brain, podcast. This 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 uh, this wrestling. I have no idea. Like that thing's on Sports Center right now. Like. Oh, the look I'm giving Will right now is like, I cannot believe you just said that in front of me. Well, wrestling we up. actually are going to have a WWE moment later in the podcast. I promise you that. Do I get to break a chair over Will's head? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Dang. But uh, let, let's, let's get into what we're here for. Um, we're here to do the SEC. Some, some baseball and basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, how, how are the Braves doing right I'd now? I'd like to do a volleyball preview. <laughs> um, I like volleyball. I don't, no, I'm a big I fan. I hate on volleyball. So I just wanted to kind of set the table a little bit. Like I said, this is our, the beginning of our fourth season. I hope you like the new logo um, that we are rolling out today. Um, a, an intern of mine did it last spring. I thought she did a great job. Thank you, Ellie. Um, she did a good job. What you fired Chad without talking to us? <laughs> no, she was an intern for like my production company, not for oh, okay. you know podcasting. Chad's still fine. We'll, In we'll the corner. Yeah, Chad. <laughs> he's fine. Pour some out for Chad. He's, he's gnawing on a chicken bone. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I hope you do enjoy the logo. We we actually might be making t-shirts. I met with somebody today. Um, so there, that's in the works. Athens is a t-shirt town. It is, it is, and there's no reason not to have one. But um, yeah, since this is our fourth season, I figured we I would add up the um, the total of what we are. You know how like an UGA they'll say he was nine hundred sixty three and one as he <laughs> served for UGA or something like that. The, the UGA like generally lives like three or four. Weeks, <laughs> That's true, right? <laughs> like we're on like UGA eighty seven thousand at this point. Which is listen, these are beautiful dogs. You didn't. This is just what happened. Integrated wrestling in UGA in front of me. Integrating UGA. I'm just saying when you are as purebred as UGA, you tend to be somewhat vulnerable to the elements. We'll put it that way. Okay. Same. Sure. Um, so yeah, our record so far doing a podcast is thirty one and ten. Mm-hmm. 16 and 8 in the SEC, and we're 3 and 1 in bowl games slash college football playoffs. Okay. And we've been through three head coaches. Who was the second head coach? Brian McClendon. There we go. Just a little trivia question. Undefeated. There. Yes. Undefeated, yes. Brian McClendon. Who we are facing in week two. Offensive coordinator sure. of the South, South Carolina, Carolina Gamecocks. Game Thunder Chickens. Um, last year, we did the 2017 national uh, preview show. We were, we were not here, and we were not at my old house. We were at a very special place. I listened to it today, trying to get some uh, some of our old stats, and it was a, a tad echoey. Because yeah, we were at, we we're, were, we're in a warehouse where Chad lives. <laughs> yeah. and, well, uh, where we keep Chad. Where we keep Chad. Where we where he quote. I mean, he lives, lives there technically. Where he quote lives. Um, but no, uh, we were at my parents' condo, we and, and there was no furniture because they had no moved furniture. In. They had not moved in yet. We just needed a space. They haven't even painted yet, right? Yeah, the place was not. It yeah, sounded it like not. we were in a tin can. Yeah, um, and you were still writing for Sports on Earth mm-hmm. back then. It was then. still a thing. Yeah. I had just started CrossFit. Yeah. We talked about uh, Bruce Suter Lawn Gnome, mm-hmm. and you did not have a ticket to Notre Dame. I did not have a ticket. I did not. I yeah. Did not. So that's what we had done on our last year's preview show. Now, what we will do is we will talk about what we predicted for the season okay. last year. Will predicted that Georgia would lose to Notre Dame and Auburn, go 10-2, and two, and lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Which that sounds right. I, which I have to say, I mean, it's You're really close. They almost lost to Notre Dame. So really I mean, close. I feel pretty yeah. good about that. Yeah. Tony, you had us losing to Notre Dame. Uh huh. You said we would quote beat the crap out of University of Tennessee. Yes. Which that Correct. came true. That definitely was true. Um, you said that Auburn would go undefeated for the season, and we would lose to them. 
Yes. In the regular season and go 10 and 2. Yes. And then play Auburn again in the SEC championship game and uh-huh. lose to them again. Okay. And then I predicted us to lose to Florida because I, I was kind of in that bad place where I felt yeah. like we always lost to Florida. And the Florida game was close to a kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I predicted that we would go 11 and 1. Yes. And then beat Auburn in the SEC championship game. <laughs> so. Clearly, I think the takeaway from this is that, that Scott yes. is the savant. The, the, the takeaway from this is we are really, really smart about this, this stuff. Do not listen to the Alabama Preview Podcast. Do not listen to the 15. Do not listen to the 2015 <laughs> Podcast. From yeah. Podcast. Or, the, or after we, Mark Rick was fired when I briefly thought it was going to be Gary Patterson as the coach. Yeah. So. That, um, that was actually not me. That was somebody I, impersonating me. I, I, I generally do not recommend people go back and listen to old sports podcasts because they full of all these dumb predictions. I still think one of the best podcasts we've ever done was the big conversation after Rick was fired, mm-hmm. and like, like the it was really the turning point of okay, what Georgia is trying to do and what they're trying to be now, mm-hmm. and if it works. Probably for them, but that thing is gone now. For the record, I still actually think that's a little bit true. Yes, uh, it's still really fun. Like no one, no, I'm not apologizing. Like no one, no one thinks it was a mistake or anything. But I think it's clearly there is a, there is a difference. It was funny. We'll, we'll get into this more when we do the actual uh, Georgia team podcast because preview podcast. But because we uh, um, we're doing the SEC and kind of national tonight. But I, I would like to get into a lot when we do that podcast. Um, the expectations game that the entire program is now under uh, because that feels like the central storyline for the Georgia season is uh... Scott, who let the dogs out? This is good podcast. <laughs> it's your dad calling. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> so I think, I think that was a, that, that he's trained his dog to bark at people that are being downers. First off, <laughs> first off, his dog is technically a cat. Yes, that's true. Um, that's true. It's just watch dog. But so I, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I thought about, and we'll get into more of this next week mm-hmm. before we move on to the national stuff. One of the things I've been tossing around in my head as we talked about last year as it being a series of tests. Actually, this year's the final in my mind. And we'll talk about this more next week. The reason it's the final is like, was last year a flash in the pan or is this sustainable? Recruiting wise indicates it's sustainable, but you have a, a, a decidedly different, probably a decidedly different look on offense, decidedly look at different look on defense. Um, do it again. And then all the predictions about Georgia and Alabama going head to head for the next five years are, are probably true. And then what I will also bring up when we get to talk next week is this feels like more of a transitional year than I think people are accounting for. Probably. Now, the question is whether Georgia is at a point where their transitional year is a 10-win year. But that is, that is a discussion we'll have. When we talk about teams, a team that, the team we actually do the podcast about, as opposed yes. to all yes. the teams we'll be talking yes. about today. So should we start? So what we're going to do is we'll talk about SEC, and then we'll do like a general national stuff, and then I'll have my... Illini 25 minutes? Yes. And <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Can you speak hey, for 25 minutes, minutes? Five minutes for every win. <laughs> five, five, drive for six. Drive for six. I don't, I don't mean to... I mean, this is not pandering. I'm like... I, I, don't, I don't get the... I understand why you're down in Illinois. Not you personally. Right. The, the world. But there's, there's four wins there. 
and you slip up and win two more. Well, Heart of Texas, baby, or wherever. I don't know. You're, where, you're, uh, Detroit you're, Bowl. you're biting my bit here. I got all yeah. I got to. I've, I got a 25 minutes to fill, Tony. Are you like Sorry. that Illini guy, I Lion Eye guy that writes the yeah. 20,000 words? Yeah, the Illini, yeah, Robert, the Illini board. They, his, it should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I think last year it was 43,000 words. He is. And, That's uh, prolific. Yeah. So, and he is. I remember, he has an actual job that isn't covering Illinois sports. <laughs> he actually lives in near St. Louis, so he actually drives all the way to <clears throat> camp, and then he takes a week off to cover camp. Wow. So yeah. So he goes uh, to Camp Rantoul. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not Rantoul anymore, though. They're in Champaign now. But anyway, sorry. So we're going to do SEC West first? Let's start with the SEC West. Okay. Let's start with the SEC West. I feel like we don't... Uh, do we want to do backwards towards predictions? Can we start? I think we can do predictions. But Roll damn time! Yeah. No, we're going backwards. My bad. Oh, we go, no, let's go forward. Let's go forward yeah. so we don't so we don't waste too much time on Mississippi or Arkansas. Sure. Yeah. When we can uh, talk more about it. Yeah. Um, what did you get? I feel like we got to start with Alabama. Roll damn time! <laughs> that's, that's Mike Price with a woman of the night, I believe. <laughs> I uh, forgot about that guy. Oh, baby. <laughs> but I'm assuming that's exactly this the same. This is a great soundboard you picked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, I'm, to me, the big story about um, Alabama so far this offseason is the, uh, the, the Jalen Hurts comments uh, in. Basically, where he talked about he was mad at Saban. He didn't really feel like he'd been treated fairly. He felt like people had spoken for him. Uh, it was a rare moment was shocking of discord uh, out of Alabama. And it's a reminder of why, you know, why Saban is so insane about not letting people talk to the media. Because yeah. this is what happened. And it's funny. Like, and Hertz, his mom doubled down on it. Yeah, Hertz even said this, by the way. He, when he was talking, he said, listen... I never get a chance to talk to you guys. So I've been really looking forward to this, waiting to have the opportunity to get this off my chest. So, Well, sadly, this will be the last time any players that might actually see the field will talk <laughs> anywhere next year. Alabama will take four walk-ons to SEC media days. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it is true. It's a story. Um, I, first off, I'm not 100% certain Saban's not playing four-dimensional chess with people. But let's put that aside for a second. Um you know what well, I think the bigger, bigger story is? It's like, quick, name Alabama's defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you um, know? Um, is it, it's not Loxley anymore. Um, well, it was Jeremy Pruitt. Right. right. And before that, Kirby for many years. No, I've got to look. And Brian Dayball left. It's Gaddis and Loxley. Loxley. Oh, yeah, of course. Gat. That's how I know him. Yeah. Where, where, where's he from? I don't know. Michael Loxley coached for Illinois. Yeah. So do your Illinois men now, no, <laughs> or twenty minutes. So, I think the bigger story with Alabama is what's their defense going to yeah, be. So I mean, look, I, Fox I, is offensive coordinator. Is he? Yeah. Whatever. I, don't know. I knew I was imagining that. Yeah, yeah, Josh Gaddis. So I, I understand you were talking about the quarterback thing, because frankly, frankly, if Tua starts, that puts more variation in Alabama's upside and, and downside because. I mean, everybody he, he remembers played, the last play of the season. He played a really good two quarters. He played, and a, he had several can you, good plays. Can he plays. maintain that? He had several good plays. He did. He had that one sack that he escaped in the third quarter. But it's also worth noting, he also threw some wounded ducks. This also, remember, he lost 25 yards on first and 10 <laughs> yeah. in the overtime where you have to score. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but I'm not. I, I'm that not, was actually the last play of the game, right? Yeah, it's where it ended. Yeah. So, but I mean, but I mean, Will, you brought this up three months ago. 
What if he overthrows that second ball? What if he takes another yeah. sack? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of wild ifs there where the two attack of narrative is wholly different. Wholly yeah. different. It's also weird, too. Like, you remember when Alabama lost uh, to Clemson in, that, in the national championship game before, Hertz was awesome. He was awesome. <laughs> Hertz was so awesome in that game. And in, in, a, in a world where Deshaun Watson doesn't make that last drive, that, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. We're talking about Jalen Hurts. Having they, a national championship. Having a national yeah. championship and winning it himself, yes. by the way. Yes. Like that last drive, there's like a 50-yard touchdown run that gave them the lead. If they stop Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts is, I mean, he's, he's Jake Fromm, but better. Also, while we're, while we're at it, I have to admit something here. Everybody put your, everybody put your Twitter machine down if you're doing this. It's, uh, it's Tosh Lapoy and Pete Golding. Who are now the defensive coordinators? I, know, I, was, I, thought, I knew Loxley yeah. was there. Loxley was the offensive guy. Yeah. yeah. So my apologies. I just yeah. was reading the wrong line somewhere. The, the, the point is, is the no premise stands. Nobody knew. The premise stands. <laughs> right. right? Um, you know, but then that doesn't mean Alabama's. Look, the, the, the floor for Alabama is such that people have a Pavlovian response to pick them first in the conference and first in the nation. And it's deserved. It's, it's 100% deserved. But. You also don't have to squint hard to see their defense re- reverting a little bit. Now, okay, so they're not the second-best defense, the fifth-best defense. What's that mean in the grand scheme of things, right? Um, but it also puts more games in play. Um, if you listen to listen to me talk to Bill Conley a couple weeks ago, it, it is very much about you know games are played on a spectrum. Right, it's one or two plays, oftentimes turn games, where Alabama has been, and frankly, Clemson and Ohio State in certain years, and Georgia last year, where where they won games is that they always made the play, they always came through, and they put games out of reach, so that when you have the variation plays, it didn't matter. Um, and, and frankly, that gets back to Tua. Right, the the biggest variation play of the game was the. Uh, 38-yard touchdown pass to end the game, right? That game, that play happens any other time in the game. It's an amazing play, but it's just a just a good play, right? But people, that's that's seared in people's memory because it was the last play of the college football season in 2017, and it happened to be done by a freshman who didn't start a single game, who really only played two full quarters of football in two overtimes. Um, so you put all those things back on the table. I'm not willing to say Alabama doesn't win the West, but I'm willing to say Alabama's going to be in games this year where it's going to be like, guys, go turn on ESPN, Alabama's in trouble. Yeah. Or, yeah, or like, do we make some mistake yeah. late? Yeah. That and they put Jalen in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing, but yeah. yeah. It could yeah. end up being like a soap opera thing because he, since he's already spoken out, even if he doesn't say another word, people are going to be wondering what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Oh, yeah. Because that's fine. And they're going to be watching Saban's body language, and it's not going to be good. But that's also part of it. We were 30 30 years ago. Who knows what would be going on, right? Sure. I mean, we wouldn't know, but because we as fans all have access to everything immediately as it happens, um, some of that becomes narrative, which I'm I'm fine with, which is why I love college football. Um, So I think we all agree that Alabama is going to be first in the West. The real question is, will they be first in the West at at eight and zero, in in twelve and zero, or be first in the West with a, a loss or two? Um, and I'm not I'm not willing to say they're going to lose a game or two. I mean, to me, the thing with with them is the schedule. The schedule is 
kinder than yes. it was last yes, year. Much. They have Auburn at home. Their road games. They have LSU on the road. Honestly, if you look at if you look at what they've got there, Mississippi on the road, Arkansas road, Tennessee road, LSU on the road. That's a good time to actually catch pretty much all of those teams. Yes, there are years where you're playing LSU where you're more scared than you are this year. There are years you play Mississippi where you're more scared than you are this year, and they're definitely Arkansas years. And obviously, Tennessee is Tennessee. They're not their big non-conference game this year is Louisville. Right, that is not particularly exciting. Really, if you look at their schedule, the toughest game is probably still the Iron Bowl, and second is at LSU, which frankly looks a lot like Georgia's schedule. You're shaking your head. (laughs) Mississippi State at home. Mississippi State at home, yeah. Yeah. Mississippi State at home. uh, That has has all the makings of a... has all the makings of uh, an Alabama Ole Miss game from four years ago, to me. And frankly, that's... I I mean, if you're... To me, if they're going to take a loss, it is as likely there as it is the Auburn game. Yeah, yeah, eh, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I can. I'll grant that Mississippi State is maybe at home is a is a tougher game than at LSU. Either way, it sets up well for them this year. Absolutely. Trivia question: Last time a team other than Auburn or Alabama won the SEC West. Uh, let's see. Last time. So you want a date? No, just give me the team. Give me the team. Give me the team that did it. Um, ba, 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 LSU. Ba, ba, ba. LSU. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with 09. 2007. 2011. 11, okay. You may remember they beat the George Bulldogs. Yes. No. Yeah, that's right. That's literally I, I, yeah, the yeah. last time yeah. that someone other than uh, than the winner of the Iron Bowl yeah. did not win the SEC. West. That's amazing. That feels like that may be the case again this year, which yeah. perhaps Stands a good is chance. a good transition well, think, into Auburn. I think it was uh, Georgia beating Auburn in the SEC championship game was the first time in seven years an East, East team, team had won. won. Yeah. yeah. It's the first time in seven years an East team's been competitive. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Pour some out for Missouri. <laughs> it is funny. In South Carolina. At one point, Missouri. That one time. Yeah. Missouri played Alabama in the SEC championship. Well, they're going to get to play them again this year in they Tuscaloosa. Do. They do. They do. <laughs> uh, we'll get into the, uh, this for the SEC East, but you know, Missouri's got their new fan thing they're doing this year. Good. Yeah. Uh, there's also a little Missouri news about what they're doing with the teams on the sidelines. That's what I'm saying. That's the fans. Oh, thing. the yeah. fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll get to that. Let's talk about Auburn. Okay. You get. We've talked before about eight and five. The the we've talked before about the Auburn, the because they're so stubborn about the schedule with with Georgia. Yeah, like they get. They, we tried to get that change this yeah. year, and it's never going to happen. Basically, every two years, Auburn is going to be a national championship contender, and the, every other year they're going to be a national championship contender. And that other year, they're have the toughest schedule in the nation playing, particularly now that Georgia has elevated itself. <clears throat> Um, the idea of having yeah. to play Auburn. I mean, basically, you can make an argument. Moving forward, if you were to rank the two teams that are best positioned over the next five years in college football, Auburn's going to play on the road against them every other year. Yep. However. <laughs> that is kind of crazy. However, it also gives Auburn an advantage, like last year, where you can have multiple losses, whereas you shouldn't be in the picture. Because they would have gone to the, the college football playoff. With two losses, because they get they that chance Alabama to beat Georgia, Alabama, yeah. Georgia back to back if they're ranked highly, and beat Georgia twice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I guess that's kind of true. But for Auburn to succeed, they have to be in a position where they win two out of three against Georgia, against Georgia and Alabama, and then maybe Georgia or Alabama like or no Georgia again. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like that's absolutely like, assuming like yeah. I mean, basically yes. That's that's nuts. So Auburn has two things going for them. First off, they have Jared Siddham back. Right and and not for nothing, very good quarterback. Mm-hmm. The other thing they have going for them is they probably will have the best defensive line in the conference. 
Um, where I start having questions about Auburn is exactly what you said. It's the schedule. They play their three toughest games on the road. They play at Georgia. They play at Alabama. They played at Mississippi State. Um, and they played at Mississippi State late enough that Joe Moorhead, I think, is going to have the Bulldogs in really good position. And they got a tough points. opener. They, and, and frankly, that I think that the opener is a, an incredible game. Look, they come and smoke Washington. I, I'll be willing to throw away everything I just said, yeah. right? I don't think they're going to smoke Washington. I think they lose Washington. Washington's a loaded football team. They basically return like all of their two deep. I mean, they got like 97 starters returning. And not for nothing, they're um, – well, okay, he can't play this year, but their backup quarterback is Jacob Eason. Um, so, um, yeah, I just – this feels like a year with Auburn where they're going to – they're going to lose that that Washington game early. They're going to be back in the conversation. They're going to go through that stretch towards um, – I don't remember exactly when it is. What a schedule they have. Right. I mean, honestly, they play Washington and Atlanta. Right. They are at Mississippi State, who I, I mean, I think you can make a pretty strong argument as the third best team in this conference. And at Ole Miss. Yeah. At Alabama, at Georgia, at Mississippi State. It's yeah. just crazy. It's a crazy schedule. Yeah. So, I mean, I am not I, – I am – I am sold on Auburn being a very good football team. That's a murderer's row. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite as bad as Tennessee's, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it is a lot to ask them to go and play that schedule. Um, and not for nothing, Gus Malzahn has been Gus Malzahn, which means it is a, it's an absolutely push proposition on whether or not he's just going to let his team play or he's going to outthink himself. <laughs> and, and because – Frankly, the end of last season. Well, that um, SEC championship game, he kind of got stubborn. He did. He did. He did. Wouldn't and get he away did, from what did, he wanted he to did do. Stuff. He did stuff that was different than what he'd done the four games before, which frankly put him in a position to be in that, that game that way, right? Because they, they came into the Georgia game having lost two games, and then they made Georgia look silly. Frankly, they made Alabama look silly. At home. At home. At home, yeah, no, but. and and like I said before, that that crowd at Auburn. I mean, if it, most people listening to this podcast have probably been to a Georgia yeah. Auburn game in Jordan Hare, and it's it's one of the loudest places you can play. It's an incredible atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as road games go, it's it's one of the it's one of the ones I'd go back to in a heartbeat. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's their their fans are knowledgeable and loud, um, can be direct, but it is it's a tough place to play, but. They play their four biggest games, not at home. Third team, I don't know who you guys have in third. So uh, are we gonna are we gonna actually say who we think is third? Because I don't have Auburn in second. Okay, well then that's that's we're awkward. just we're just talking about West teams and then okay. we'll rank them. We're going. Yeah. Oh, then I'll tell you what. I'm giving you my order. And that, so that, sounds that, good. That, that works. That works. So third to me is got to be Mississippi State. Uh, their schedule is much nicer this year. They have Joe Moorhead, man, and like this is like listen. Moving once again, New York City is the college football capital. Uh, from, uh, Joe Moorhead coming from Fordham uh, um, and John Skelton, former future Arizona Cardinal. Uh, what he, it's funny because you know, when he left Fordham and the big rap on him was, wow, he's, gonna, he's going, he's really kind of only been there. Is he going to be able to do big time college football? And look what he did. He, made, he, was, uh, he changed everything about what that offense was doing. Right. And now, my concerns with him are long term rather than short term. Agreed. Like for a guy that's coming in again, I can vouch for how kind of difficult it can be to come from New York City into the South and have everyone uh, make fun of uh, your shorts. Um, <laughs> I'll tell Chris to be quiet. 
But uh, generally speaking, long term, I I don't know if he's going to be able to lay down the kind of recruiting you need to do when you're facing Alabama and Auburn. Now you've got Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. It's hard. It's a risk for them. But this year, there's a lot coming back, and the schedule's much more beneficial. Yeah, and the thing about the schedule is that they they it doesn't get real for them till like week five or six. I mean, Scott, you brought up the uh, the the Florida Mississippi State game. That game is a cod like a hundred percent going to be a three thirty at CBS kickoff. There's no chance that game's not a three thirty kickoff because I mean, who doesn't want to see who doesn't want to see Florida Mississippi State, right? Um, I think Mississippi State's going to be they're going to be four zero at that point. They're going to go into the swamp. I mean, the swamp's coming to them. The swamp's coming to them. Oh, the swamp's coming to them. I'm sorry. They, they're going to start. Uh, playing, playing the, the Gators going to So you think they're going to get past Kansas State? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and, and the reason why is that Kansas State, as good as they are, because Bill Snyder is, I assume, lives on Steve Gutenberg's boat, um, has some sort of uh, has some sort of thing when it comes up against, a te- against certain teams. And one of those teams I always seem to have trouble with is team that plays Decent defense, but can score in a hurry on them. I mean, that's why that's why they won. Frankly, they haven't won the Big Twelve in a long time because they were up against Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, um, you know, Iowa State, or, or or Texas Tech, and they end up losing a 38-35 shootout that really is not really that close. Um, where basically they struggle to score, and then the, the team they're playing against turns around and scores when they want to. Right. Um, so, and I think that's what happens in this game. Uh, that is a huge road test for them. I will not deny that it is. But the fact of the matter is, it's not an SEC game. So, yeah, I mean, does that take them from a 10-2, and 9-3 team to 8-4, and 9-3? Sure. But in my mind, it doesn't change what they do in the SEC. The other, the other part about it is the, who they get from the East. They're at Kentucky. They play Florida. Eh, right? I mean, and I'm kind of giving away a little bit of how I feel about Florida this year. It's not going to be terrible. It's just, uh, they, you know, they, they just got to stop taking frying pants at gunfights or something. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the reality is, is that their schedule sets up really nicely. You know, they're easily their hardest game is at Alabama and then end of the season at Ole Miss. And everything else is pretty gravy. They get Auburn at home. They get, uh, they go on the road against LSU. Uh, two weeks after, or a week after Georgia is at LSU, and we'll talk about LSU in a few minutes. But yeah. I don't know that Ed Orgeron will be the coach at LSU on October twentieth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So um, I just the, the schedule sets up nicely for them. I love Joe Moorhead and what he can do with that offense. Yeah. Just he he has a thousand yard rusher coming back. He has Nick Fitzgerald coming back from that gruesome. Foot injury or leg injury. Man, the first year was so fun last year. He was a lot of fun, right? I mean, except when they played Georgia. Didn't go well. <laughs> he didn't do but much. But every anyway. other game was really, really fun. Now, now, you've confused me. I thought Joe Moorhead came from Penn State. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator at Penn State. Okay, he yeah. was the okay. I just heard Fordham. Fordham. Yeah, he's yeah, head coach at Fordham. Fordham. Okay, yeah. so he coached yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Or Trace Saquon Barkley didn't need much coaching. And Trace Masorley and... But remember, I mean, he saved Pitt State. Let's yes. not forget, like two years ago, two years ago Franklin was in trouble. Oh, the yeah. offense could not function yeah. at all. Yeah. Moorhead got there and immediately turned the game to a 50-point game team. Yeah, because McSorley had... played against Georgia in the bowl game yeah, when was, uh, Hackenberg yeah. got hurt. Yeah, yeah. That, and that, that was, that was game for, down in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but the the thing about that, like I noticed about Moorhead, and I, I agree with you about the recruiting part because it is a weird cultural fit. Yeah. Because Starkville is a unique. It's hard enough to, to it's, get it's there a unique anyway. place. Right. It's a unique place. Starkville is a unique place, 
But if you read anything about they have embraced him, they love him, they the fans love him there. And not for nothing, he's out recruiting Dan Mullen right now. Dan Mullen in Florida. Right. So. so, but nevertheless, okay. I'm just saying, let's move, move on, from, move along. Move on from yeah. Scott's got some uniforms. To okay, talk about. let's <laughs> go forth. Let's go forth. My fourth is not, in fact, LSU. It is Texas A&M. I will put Texas A&M above uh, LSU. I feel like not that like this is. It's funny. It feels weird to me. I understand why you go after Jimbo Fisher. Like I get it. Like you spent the amount of money that you spent on him. Like he better win a national championship, right? Like it's. I don't understand. Like honestly, you you're I mean, him because he's won a title. Yeah. So you clearly want to compete at that level. Like if he wins nine games a year or ten games a year, he's not. If he averages, if he has a Mark Richt decade, they're going to be disappointed with the money that they're. I'm sorry, but they are. Yeah, the I money mean, that they're but spending. They, they've been disappointed with everybody, right? I mean, look, Texas A&M is Texas A&M's the neighbor that finds out you have bought a leopard skin. Um, <laughs> Have bought a leopard skin um, speedo, and they go get a platinum speedo that's made with diamond and crusted cod piece, right? Because they have the money to do it. I mean, that's Texas A and M. Um, the The hard part is is that I don't know where that went. It went into cod piece land. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. The thing about it is that are they going to get the Jimbo Fisher was there the first three years that recruited really well, recruited a transcendent player, and we can. Let's, let's not even go to the places that, that Jameis Winston goes to. But recruiter transcendent <laughs> players. Publix? See that picture? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you see that picture of him and Hulk Hogan today? I uh, did. Yeah. I did. Wow. What a lot of bunch oh, of winners. man. Seriously. Um, like, it's just so, like, the, like every bad part of Florida. Right. And like right. All, all it was missing well, was a not, guy. Not Live Oak, but yeah. 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 All, 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 all it was missing was like a guy throwing an alligator into a liquor store or something. Yeah. <laughs> or running through oh, a liquor store. Right. Yeah. 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 Or, Sorry. yeah. So the... You know, are you getting the Jimbo Fisher that was at Florida State in year four, five, and six? Are you getting the Jimbo Fisher who was like, I'm, I have a national championship. You assholes can't tell me what to do, which we had the last three years. Um, It's also worth noting that, I mean, they're probably starting two and two. They've got Clemson. Yes, they're starting two and two. They're at Alabama. But he has a lot of, he has a lot of rope to run with Right. right now. So. I mean, they don't have, really have a choice. They're going to pay him $75 million <laughs> right. whether they fire him in October or when we actually go play them in College Station. So, um, you know, the, the thing about Texas a that's most intriguing to me is will they be in a position to scare some people? And when you look at their schedule, um, they have Alabama at home. Um, frankly, I think they're going to do Georgia a solid in October in kind of foregone conclusion what's going to happen in the East um, when South Carolina visits. But they, you know, they... But this is Texas a Yeah, yeah. When South Carolina, when they play South Carolina, when they play difference? on the road. No, when they play South Carolina on the road. Okay, Yeah, they play South Carolina on the road. But they have three tough games on the road. South Carolina, they have an off week, then they go to Mississippi State, and then they go to Auburn. That's where everybody goes from, yay, Jimbo, to what have we bought? Yeah, I mean, I, I see one, two, three, four... Five, yeah, likely losses. Yeah, I've got, I've got them seven and five, and, and it's not, and that's likely and, losses. And, and you know, weird stuff can happen in other games. Four and four, four and four, that gets yeah. them to the heart of Texas Bowl or whoever it is yeah. that plays in that game. So, um, but I mean, they are paying him so much money. <laughs> like, well, it's going to be hard for them. <laughs> we'll talk about this when we get to other conferences. Is Arizona might be pretty good? <laughs> so I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 
All right. Next up, I think th- th- I I'm curious if you have this team in the next or not. I even with all the issues there, I still have a hard time not going with LSU. Next. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Go ahead. I can mean, you can you do the analysis and Ed Ogeron voice? No, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. It, oh, it, I, I don't. This can. is actually kind of the thing, right? Though is the thing about Ogeron is like. Everybody loves a pylon, right? Like, clearly this is felt... Like, you wonder if we're going to go through this at USC in two years, where everyone feels like there's, like, a dead man walking. And there's therefore, LSU already feels like a joke, even though, like, yes, they've had the quarterback issues, they've had certainly all this. They're still LSU. They still have a ton of talent. Like, there's this kind of idea, because Orgeron is a silly character, and because... Sorry, put my hands in your water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> because, because he's this silly character, and because... I mean, yeah, there's the Orgeron voice, and... I mean, it, that's actually his voice. Yeah, it feels like a weird... <laughs> it feels like he got the job in a weird way. Oh, and, you think? And hung on. I, I get it. So, but there's still, like, a lot of talent on LSU. Like, there's this idea that... Like, it's not like they've completely... This is not, you know, end of Zook era Florida, for crying out loud. Like, this is still... Like, it doesn't seem to me... People are acting like they're going to go five and seven, and I... I don't see LSU going five and seven, but you do. Well, let me think. I can't do it anymore. Um, Are there any Purdue transfers left? I know. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. When I sat down and started thinking about this very, very seriously um, this afternoon at my uh, at Katie. My, uh, my daughter Katie's playing football, Mm -hmm. tackle football in Oconee County. Um, At my daughter's football practice, I was like, "Yeah, LSU feels like the third or fourth team." In the conference, um, probably on par with Texas A&M. And as I started looking at the matchups, I was like, "Well, that's that's definitely a loss." <laughs> um, well, I know that's a loss. I have to think that's a loss. Well, there's a loss there. So by the time you get to the Arkansas game, I've got them at five and at five and five, right? Or five? No, four and five. Do you have them losing to Florida on the road? Do I one, two, three, four? No, I have them beating Florida on the road. So basically what I have them is losing to Miami, beating Southeast Louisiana, losing to Auburn, beating Louisiana Tech, beating Ole Miss, beating Florida. Uh, and then losing in, in succession, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama. Wow. So I, I, I think if he loses to Florida, they, he might not make it to the Georgia game. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right. I mean, he could lose to Florida, but if Georgia goes out there and embarrasses them and it's, it's not hard to see a world where that happens. Right before homecoming? Right before homecoming. <laughs> and then lose to Mississippi State, too. Yeah. They're not going to let him coach the Alabama game. Yeah. Um, part of the problem is, is that Orgeron... You got a week off after Mississippi State. Right. Could, yeah. Right. The, the, part of the problem, and I love Coach O. I, I, I think he is great for college football. Um, but his Achilles heel as a coach, as a head coach has always been from the time he stepped on the field at Mississippi to his time at Southern Cal to now is that he has the singular inability to let his coordinators do their thing. Um, I I know Matt Canada is a a dirty word at LSU, but the reality is that team looked fairly decent and was getting better on offense until Orgeron discovered they do a lot of motion stuff. He's like, we ain't going to have that shit here, or whatever it was he said to Canada, right? And now he's brought in Steve Hensminger, who is... Uh, is Chavis still the D coordinator? Um, I, Chavis went to A&M, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. he's out. Um, 
I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, we'll get chat on that. But um, so, you know, the, the, the concern I have is that LSU's problem has never been the defensive side of the ball. It hasn't been the defensive side of the ball a long time. They haven't had a competent offense since a kid from North Oconee who transferred from here um, under great circumstances. Nothing bad happened. Um, was their quarterback. So there's nothing to make me think they're going to be any better this year when they essentially have an offensive coordinator who's a hometown hero. I mean, it has all the makings of Todd Detmer going to BYU. And BYU fell off the map last year. And BYU is a whole different situation. But the reality is, is that their schedule does not help them out at all. And then you throw in the fact that they have a, a pretty tough schedule Man, it's hard for me to see more than six wins on the schedule. And and I'm not I mean, I, I'm not arguing that they can't be eight and four. I'm just saying it's hard for me to see see more than six wins. Right. And I mean And all of those losses being in the SEC. And with all except for Miami. Miami. With, yeah. with, with the buzzards kind of circling around him. I mean, last year feels like it was a huge disappointment for them and they won nine games. So if they if even getting to if, to me, if they get to nine that's actually a pretty great job by him. Oh, absolutely. But, oh, I think, I think yeah. he gets nine this year because that means he's beaten some combination yeah. of Georgia, Alabama, or Auburn. So who is their quarterback this year? It's a good, great Joe question. Joe Burrow? Is it Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. Joe Burrow. Because Danny Etling the, just kind of kept him above water yeah. for the past couple of years. And and it's like transfer. they never even really Burrow wanted him is, to yeah, be Burrow there. Burrow was a big kid for transfer from yeah. Ohio State. Ohio so, State, yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. a little bit higher uh, program, uh, grad transfer. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like... It just feels that Miami game because when when the buzzers are circling like this and everyone's so excited about Miami, which we'll get into in a little bit. If Miami wipes them out on national television on Sunday night of oh, Labor God. Day weekend, it's going to be ugly. It could get bad fast. Yeah, it could get bad very fast. And uh, but they don't have Troy this year, so they got that <laughs> going for them. Damn, uh, <laughs> they do have. I'm sorry, Twa. Twa. <clears throat> Okay, uh, next up, Mississippi. Wow, you did Arkansas. Wow, I think there's two things you need to know about Mississippi. First off, are is... we allowed to talk about them? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, but this part, this part of the podcast could be vacated, dude. They're going to be so so fun. They're going to lose a lot of games. They're going to be so yeah. fun. Yeah. They're going to be the team. Like they're going to be Arkansas from years ago. It was like, yeah, don't don't take him to a party. He's taking his shirt off. Uh, the second he gets to the party and he's going to fight you naked. That's going to be – that's Ole Miss this year. Yeah. Man, do they love Matt Luke there, by the way. Like my yeah. Friend, my friend Will Haraway is a big Cardinals yeah. fan. I always have to enjoy games. Huge Mississippi guy. And he's just like – Luke is our guy. He's like <clears throat> what Illinois fans are about Josh Whitman. Yeah, of course. Like he is yeah. the guy from yeah. here yeah. that we, is going to lead us to the promised land. And uh, uh, we'll see. But certainly for – what they went through, the smart play for Mississippi is to do what they're doing. Of course. To keep it in-house. He's yeah. not going like, to lead him to the have, promised land, yeah. but have he one of also our guys keep him relevant. It gets his bank going. Yeah, right. relevant. Yeah. But yeah, schedule-wise, get Southern Illinois. Get Southern Illinois home. Big game. Yeah. Uh, the Mighty Salukis. Yeah. That Texas Tech opening weekend is kind of interesting. Yeah, that, that, that game's going to be pointy. Yeah. 55-50. Yeah. That'll be, that will be a fun... I don't know what time that game is, but that feels like a fun... like Probably 9 p.m. kickoff. Yeah, like 9.42 Central. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, to me, Mississippi is just going to be fun. Yeah, they're like going to be fun. They're, yeah. they're a fun team. And let's not forget they are still responsible to the, for the biggest wipeout loss of the Kirby Smart era. So far. Let us not... Who are their East opponents? Um, mm-hmm. Arkansas. They, play, they always play Missouri. 
Uh, the, this year they play at Vanderbilt. No, they do not play this week. They always they play, play at, at Vanderbilt and home. Oh, we're South talking about Mississippi. I'm sorry, yeah, I've already South moved on. Our South country. Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at Vandy. Some Carolina. people are predicting them to beat South Carolina. I'm fine with that. Completely fine with that. <clears throat> All right. I'm not one of those people. And Arkansas. Look, the Chad Morris. I think Chad Morris is going to have that team roll in. Um, I really this year. No, I really wanted to. There's two. There's two things going for him. First off, Brett Bert was on. What's uh, he up to? I assume he's. I assume he's. He's assistant car washer at Alabama. I have to say a brief. (laughs) A brief thing about Bert. Very quickly. It tells you a little bit about the world of college football. That the remember last year he you know he got married before the beginning of last before off season and he they gave his interview. Bert? Yeah. He got married like three years ago. No, he I was having a baby. Yeah, it was yeah, a baby. That's what yeah. it was. That's you know where he met his wife, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's right. That's the crab's right. table. Right, that's in right. Vegas. That's, that's right. But he but he had never a baby. Marry and he, and he, and it was funny because he talked about that's what it was. I knew it was a major life thing. But he, he talked about is it? he was at, yes it is um, <laughs> he was at SEC Media Day and they asked him like uh, how is having a baby change your life he's like oh it's totally made me realize that football is not as important as I thought it yeah, was yeah. and I'm totally just enjoying time with my family I'm like oh this dude is toast <laughs> this guy is starting to express Bummer. joy and appreciation nope. for the bountiful things that a family can give Sorry. you this guy has yeah. no place in college football yeah. <laughs> yeah. and now he does not have a place in college football yeah this is what happened to McCartney at, at Colorado so, um, yes, I mean, among other things, yes, yes, yes. yes. Also, among uh, no. uh, the fact that uh, you know, I don't think yeah. you're allowed to talk. Your wives are not allowed to talk to uh, the. Is that the what's the promise keeper thing? I think the he was running a pyramid scheme or the, something. You keep the promise no, of your wife. No <laughs> yeah, might, might need to edit yeah. that, right? You keep the promise of your wife. Not I mean, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. Um, um, so, well, uh, I, one of the things that I really enjoyed doing is I was kind of going into these previews. Is I have a you know I have a thing about uniforms. Yes, you do. But I'm not talking about uniforms now. the The second most thing that I am infatuated with is scheduling, uh-huh. especially bad scheduling. Oh, Teams playing places they have no business God, of playing and doing things they shouldn't do. And out of the whole SEC, Arkansas takes the bait on this. They're traveling to Mike Bobo yeah. week two of the season. It's kind of like one of those that you you just That's don't some do. Sort of Jim McElwain thing. Yeah, you know, Colorado State has been fodder for Alabama for years, and Arkansas is going to Fort Collins second week. Actually, it's Colorado's third game because they play week zero. Yeah. Right, um, right, right. So right. they're going to be loaded for bear at not, their brand new stadium, and Mike Bobo will know how to coach Colorado State against could be an, SEC an SEC team. SEC before Georgia. <laughs> That's a nice touch. That's a nice touch. So That's they nice they touch. get a they get the lampshade for that for yeah. scheduling that, and I've got a couple of there. There's one in the ACC that's completely egregious. So what is the is, is it Massachusetts? Is that no? That was a couple of years ago. Mississippi State uh, Mississippi played State at. at you're talking about North Carolina yeah. going to ECU, right? Huh? You're talking about North Carolina going to ECU. That's no, your, that's no, no. North yeah. Carolina is so lowly ranked <laughs> yeah. that it doesn't count. No, I'll get to it. Okay. There's actually so, a couple. To, but North Carolina, for the record, is fighting for football in America. They so like, are because, because like, yes, is, concussions. Yes, so getting back to Arkansas, I think Chad Morris is going to have Arkansas really fun at some point in the future. The two things going for Chad Morris right now is that Burt ran a super clean program. He's not going to have – he's not going to have to run guys off because they're just not buying in. The second thing is is that – he has some talent there. The problem is, is that Chad Morris's next good defense will be his first one, and yeah, you you have to stop some people if you want to win football games, and they're just not going to be able to this year. So your um, your orders is my the way- order. Here is my order. 
<clears throat> one Alabama, two Auburn, three Mississippi State, four LS, four Texas A&M, five LSU, six Mississippi, seven Arkansas. My order: first Alabama, second Mississippi, Mississippi State, Auburn, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas. I too have Alabama. I then have Texas A&M because I, I think it. Wow, I, I know, I know. But, that would be huge. But these he will be earning his money if he and, does that. These, and also they will be unbearable. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> these schedules. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, just one or two losses. I mean, a, a, a fifth overtime game against Ole Miss and Arkansas or Texas A&M. I mean, it's going to be close. Is it, the second place team is going to have two or three losses, and the fifth place team is no, going to have and, three and, or four. And, and that's exactly why I picked Mississippi State. I just think it's going to be a tiebreaker yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. So A&M second, Mississippi State third, Auburn fourth. I think this is their Ooh, eight and five, you know, nine Ooh. and three, four, whatever year. Does he, is he okay? It's does he, uh, well, he can't go to Arkansas. <laughs> um. uh, LSU fifth, Arkansas sixth, and then Ole Miss dead last. Ole Miss not relevant. Yeah, they're they're not even allowed to be in. I mean, I'm gonna have to check with the podcasting rules to see if we're allowed to talk about them. Yeah, thank you. Uh, SEC East. Now we get to talk about teams that we all hate. Yes. Do you, do you want to go in reverse to top? No, let's for just you? Go, let's just skip Georgia. Yeah, because okay. I mean, we all agree. It's number Georgia, one. I mean, we all agree. We think Georgia's going to win the East. Sure. If, if Georgia does not win the SEC, so SEC, then we'll talk about it's going to be a week. very long yeah. season. It's going to be. I mean, it's there's going to it's going to be a thing. Yes. So yeah. So, so yeah. start I with think, your second so place team. So let's look who we think is the biggest challenger for them this year. I just got to think it's South Carolina. Oh, 100 yeah. I agree. And yeah. to be fair, one of the reasons that people are high on South Carolina is a they had the improvement last year, <clears throat> but b also they're like they get Georgia at home early. Yeah, which is like they have the best shot, I would argue, of any SEC team of picking Georgia off. That's why yeah. I like playing them in November like we did last yeah, year because right. it's like they've given up by yeah, then. But I think that's why a lot of people have them second. Not because they actually think they're going to beat Georgia, but they're the uh, – you can make an argument that maybe they, they should be picked third, but they have the best – if anyone's going to knock Georgia out, I feel like it's South Carolina. Who would you think would supplant them at second? Um, this is, is a curious I – mean, I'm curious it about It can't this. be Florida the way you've been talking about them. That, uh, clearly, I don't think that. I think it could be Florida. <laughs> There's like a ton of talent there. Yeah, they've got the, it's. It's not the downward spiral that was clearly happening when Georgia played Florida last year. No, like everything fell apart. There's a new start. There's a lot of and listen. You know, Florida. Um, think of Florida <clears throat> the way that Muschamp did with South Carolina his first year. Right. Yeah, and the, and the idea, like, man, this was such a mess. All they got to do is just get them back on track, and he did yeah. actually. I mean, and now they have ish, and now they have a better coach. They have. Are we talking about Florida or South Carolina? We're talking about Florida. That's a good question. Yeah, sorry. But must champ because he's coached at both places. But I'm, I'm making a parallel between Florida, South Carolina two years ago, and Florida now. Okay. The idea was basically this was such a <clears throat> mess last year. This guy, his, we just need to get him back, get them to get them back on track, and then get the ball rolling again. Well, Muschamp actually did that at South Carolina to where at the point now. But Florida is like that, except they're actually have a lot more talent. Like, Florida still has a lot of talent. Like, it's not like there's been a talent drain there. There's just been a mess. There's been a huge disaster. I still think South Carolina is second, but I think you dismiss Florida at one's peril. In that uh, but let's stick with South Carolina. Yeah, so South let me tell you my thoughts on South Carolina. Is Yes, I agree with you. Having Jake Bentley back helps. Having uh, Jake Von Clowney back is a huge thing for them. Getting Georgia early is a Did huge... Did you say Clowney? Is that Clowney? You said Jadavion Clowney. Did I really? Yeah, he's with the Texans. He's definitely not there. 
Well, if he were there, that would be a game changer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Debo Samuel's who I meant to say. Um, but having Samuel there is definitely changes the math for me as far as what's going to happen in South Carolina this year. The problem is, is like they can't match Georgia for depth. Frankly, they can't match Georgia for coaching. Um, is, is South Carolina a, a neat 9-3 and three story again this year? Sure they are. Are they going to be able to knock off Georgia and win the rest of the game? Because, frankly, if you beat Georgia, you still got to win the rest of your games because Georgia's not losing more than once. I, that's just the way I see it. And the, um, they, if they lose, they might lose to Auburn, which means they still only have to lose twice to, to stay in front of Georgia. But the reality is, is that um, the same way that Kirby Smart had to answer questions, Will Muschamp needs to answer the same questions if South Carolina's going to be who they want them to be. They, in their second year, their second year on the, the strength of their defense, um, Florida won the SECs. Their third year, they went 4-7. and seven. And not for nothing, I think I do think Muschamp is a different coach than he was when he coached Florida. Um, but I'm not 100% certain he's enough of a different coach to overcome some of the structural issues that he faces at South Carolina, particularly as it relates to uh, talent on both sides of the ball and how Georgia matches up with them. Because... Jake Bentley, yeah, being a being a true sophomore starter, on um, which would you rather face off? Uh, whomever South Carolina lines up against our offensive line, or whoever Georgia lines up against their offensive line. That's not a hard choice. I think an argument could be made that if the argument against South Carolina is they're kind of they're the type of team that people work themselves up to get excited about in the off season right. for several reasons. One, they were better last year than everybody thought. Right, they were going to be not and, great. And, and the bowl game doing the, what they no, did. Yeah, yeah. They, they're better than everybody thought. They won a bowl game over a over a blue chip uh, school, Michigan. Everybody's they, favorite milk drinking coach. Yes, and <laughs> yes, and their schedule is good this year. Like they get Georgia at home. They're in the West. Their their West teams are at Texas A. Excuse me, home against Texas A and M and at Mississippi. Those are potentially winnable games. They get Tennessee at home. They're at Florida. But otherwise, this is not – it's the type of team that like in the offseason you're like, okay, if someone's going to challenge Georgia, it's South Carolina. It doesn't actually mean that South Carolina is that good. <laughs> Will we have breaking news? Breaking news. Scott Duvall has poured a drink. Oh, my gosh. Just and he didn't pour a little drink. Wow. He poured like – a drink like he's going to take. He's going to do uh, whatever. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the you counter. I'm looking at the counter. We're six minutes matter. into it. Um, so <laughs> took, know, for the record, he just took one sip and all of his muscles atrophied and a huge gut just popped out. Which is why I don't welcome back. Which is, <laughs> which is why I do CrossFit. Um, it's just not worth it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I want to let let the listeners know that Georgia has lost three out of four in Columbia and has not won a game on Saturday in ten years in Columbia. <laughs> Okay, cool. Because two years ago we had to play because yeah. of the hurricane. Played on that Sunday. Sure. That was so weird. Sure. That was weird. That was yeah. such a weird that. game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. All right, but so think we think South Carolina's going to be second and by a bunch. Yeah. I, to me, South Carolina, this is the thing. Is This is South Carolina's probably last shot against Georgia. For a while. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, well, this feels like yeah, their best punch. We'll see. But, like he, and here's the thing. I think you hit a great because point. Because you got Florida coming. you got Tennessee theoretically coming. This is, like, I'll put it this way. I can't imagine another scenario where South Carolina's going to be picked second over the next five years. Right. Like, they're already in the top two in the SEC in the, next, in the top in the next five years. 
I think, ahead, you're, I, I think you're right about that. And here's kind of the interesting part about all of that is that, you know, you're right. South, people pick South Carolina because you got to talk about something, right. right? It's boring to say Georgia's going to win the East by four games and whatever. But I still think they're second. Yeah. All right. That brings up, do you have Florida third or do you not have Florida third? I do not have Florida third. All right. Well, I have Florida third. So I have Florida third. Uh, to me, Mullen is obviously a good coach. Obviously, in a place that fits, I'm, uh, there's something to be said about the Kirby Smart rule of getting to the place that you've always wanted to go. <clears throat> now, to be fair, Kirby Smart's first year was not what he wanted it to be, though it was close. Like I all yeah. told, I mean, we forget sometimes that Vanderbilt game turns one way, Tennessee Tech turns one way, Tennessee goes the other way. That we're talking a lot different at the end of that year. Demo, this is where he's always wanted to be. He's a natural fit there. Maybe it doesn't work out in one year, but if you were to pick someone that is the right fit at Florida and is obviously a good dude and makes them a threat over the next 10 years, Mullen's the guy, right? Mullen's the guy. No, yeah. and Mullen's a great hire for Florida. The, the problem I have with Florida, particularly this year, is that Mullen still has some, some turning of the ship to do, right? Um, in a lot of ways, I look at this the way I, look, yeah, I would have looked at Georgia with Kirby Smart in his first season. Not for nothing, we went eight and four. So it's not hard to see a situation where we are, um, where Florida is good at times and at times just like, what's going on here? I don't understand. Yeah, it is weird to think too that when you think of that Florida Georgia game, that Felipe Franks is back as the starting quarterback. He was so bad. Yeah, he was. I know when Malik Zaire came in, he was also not good. Oh, yeah. But it was just like, okay, whatever he is, he's better than what that was. And then they've got this uh, hotshot four- or five-star recruit out of California that's coming there to compete with Felipe Franks. And, um, you know, he's more – he's kind of a different guy. He's a drop-back kind of of guy. You know, I don't know. Maybe he thinks he can – that Mullen thinks he can mold him to be kind of like a Nick Fitzgerald light. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, Felipe Franks did not impress much last year. And then, you know, one one thing I've got a question about is I haven't really read much about it. I just kind of skim over it. But it seems like – Florida players are getting in a lot of trouble, so you wonder if they're going to have some suspensions to deal with also. Yeah, the old, uh, the old Spurrier-Georgia idea. That exactly. By the, time by the time that Georgia gets a chance to play Florida, who knows who will be left on the team. Their schedule works out well. They actually have a Bobo. They have a, I, I, I like Tony's line earlier that, but that, that uh, Bobo could theoretically have two SEC wins before Georgia does. They do give Georgia, Colorado State at home. but Yeah, they're not traveling. They yeah. don't ever travel anywhere, right, so right, they're right, definitely right. playing them in the swamp. For what it's worth, if they can win that Colorado State game, we'll talk about Tennessee in a moment. Yeah. They're probably starting 4-0, which is... That gets a little bit of momentum. And schedule anomaly, they're playing Kentucky like in week two. Yeah, week yeah, two. Early, yeah. early. That's never happened before, I don't think. Yeah. The, the problem is they have a tough schedule yeah. uh, once it gets later in the season. Uh, I, you know, they, they do get Georgia um, in Jacksonville, of course. They get South Carolina at home. But the the problem I have with Florida just keeps coming back to, to, to what I said a minute ago, which is they are in a situation where um, – you know, and we can talk about all season stuff in just a second. But they're in they're in a situation where they're basically having to relearn everything about because Michael Wayne quit straight up quit uh, week three or four. He ran off with a shark. He ran off with a shark. Is that what happened? I mean, he's a shark lover uh, from way back. He like. 
Trust me, he likes Shark Week. Well, you know, uh, go ahead. The highlight, I honestly feel like journalism peaked at the moment where someone actually asked him if that was him with that shark in that Well, it, and yes, it was funny. It was, he's like, yeah, I saw that. And no. At first, you're like, okay, he's going to have a sense of humor. Sure. What but then he say? got like really mad. What he was got, he like, going to say? I just, of course I, like I like sharks. Getting, but he was mad about the question. Like, that is a perfect time. Like, you can tell how much under fire he was that he couldn't even like have a sense of humor. And then it, I mean, then, it, then it caused him to start making up stuff. Yes. I mean, and that's, that's <laughs> the part about it. It's that he lost that team sorely last year is that, look – They've had a couple of guys. They they kicked off a freshman for beating down his girlfriend because a teammate liked her Instagram. They had a number of, a couple of other guys uh, arrested because they went to a a gambler named Tay Bang with an airsoft rifle in a frying pan. They had another kid arrested because he had an AK forty seven in the back of his car because quote unquote the locals. So um, they're a team of Florida men. They are a team of Florida men. Oh, my God. I'm picking them to win the national championship. So, yeah. And we've talked way more about Florida than I want to. Okay. So, we have not reached your second place team. Then I assume your second place team is Missouri. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Go on. So, so here's here's kind of the way I see this. Is that um, I have struggled with Missouri since they announced the hiring of Derek Dooley. Miss Barbara, do not come at me. So, the, the the thing I keep coming back to is that Drew Locke is probably going to be the highest drafted quarterback out of the SEC this year. Um, and frankly, they have a couple of good receivers. They have a decent offensive line. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot to win. But I also think that if you want to finish third in the SEC East, you go five and three, you've done it. And that's not that's not a tall stretch when you look at their schedule, when you look at Florida, what Florida's facing. And frankly, I, I just think Missouri beats Florida because they're – they they have more um, they have more they're more veteran players, um, you know the the coach has been there a year longer and they have some they bought into what he's doing. I mean, they've got positive momentum. He was they had positive momentum right, right, last right, year, right, and then suddenly he wasn't. And their defense is some better than it was last year. Yeah. And you and said they're going to Tuscaloosa. They go to Tuscaloosa, yeah, that's which is exactly. which is just a terrible same day as the Georgia LSU game. So. Right. So you know I see them losing Georgia. I see them losing South Carolina. I see them losing at Alabama and picking up a loss somewhere else. But frankly, five and three in the conference is not a stretch. Well, this is kind of the thing what they did last year, right? They were seven oh seven oh against teams that they were that they should beat and yeah. 0 and six against teams that they sure. shouldn't. That's that's kind of the Missouri ideal, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's to like it's the platonic ideal that, yeah, that of Missouri team, except now they've got a quarterback that may steal one. Can change different, yeah. change the game. Yeah. I mean, like it's not for nothing that I was freaked out about them early in the second quarter. Oh yeah, when they were, were here, right? Yeah. So it will be. Cur- I, I am curious to see if they start three and zero. They've got at Purdue in the in the third game. They they're start three and zero. They're going to smoke here. Purdue. It'll be interesting. Yeah, after last year, people will be up yeah, on them. Yeah, we'll so. be up on. All right. So next, I think we can group Kentucky, Vandy, and Tennessee all together. I, I Let, like let's, that. Let's I put think that. Let's put Tennessee aside. Kentucky and Vandy, and, and I, I'm not really worried about. Uh, we'll we'll get to where they are right now. Right. Kentucky and Vandy are just like. So yeah, when you go to a nice restaurant, <laughs> and um, you order, you decide not to get one of the fancy salads, like a salad with cranberries and pecans and glazed whatever. Um, you eat the salad, and you're like, "Damn, I just paid twelve dollars for that salad. Why did I do that?" Mm-hmm. That's that's Kentucky and Vanderbilt, <laughs> right? It's like you know, it fills your stomach a little bit. Yeah, it was tasty enough. You've had a couple of glasses of wine, but why did we just do that? 
And that's where that's where both of these teams are. It, that Vanderbilt still has Kyle Shermer. That Mark Stoops is still coaching at Kentucky and play at a place called Kroger Field. Um, and there's just going to be they're going to be average run of the mill teams. And frankly, Kentucky is one team that if if we are going to get past the narrative of the SEC East sucks, Kentucky needs to get better. They're not doing it this year. I, I wanted so badly to think Kentucky was going to have a breakout year, and they're just not. They are just not. The recruiting has been some better than it was over traditional Kentucky recruiting, but the reality is when you look at their schedule, there's nothing there that makes you think that they aren't going to go you know, 7-5, and five, beat the four sister, poor sisters of poor Mary they're playing, but go 3-5 and five in the conference. And you know. Uh, uh, they have Benny Snell back, right? They have Benny Snell. Although he has gotten ejected out of the last two games he played in. The last game of the season, the bowl game, and the spring game. Right. (laughs) But but they're never going to beat Florida ever again. They're not going to beat Mississippi State. They're not going to beat Texas A&M. They're not going to beat Missouri. They're not going to beat Georgia. They'll beat Louisville. I think they could beat Louisville. But but that's just just because of Bobby Petrino. Vanderbilt. We'll get the, well, let's do a thing on Tennessee, but let's let's yeah. let's go through. I mean, frankly, I'm not sure if they beat Vanderbilt. Maybe they, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But that that does affect the sort order a little bit. But the reality is, is like Vanderbilt's in the same place. It's just like you know they're going to go through the season. They're going to beat. Um, they they have actually a tough game against Middle Tennessee State to start off with, but. Then they play Nevada. They're going to lose to Notre Dame. They're going to lose South Carolina. They beat Tennessee State. They're going to play us and lose. Florida, at Kentucky, at Arkansas, at Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee. They've got a quarterback. They've got a quarterback, but he can't play defense. He can't if block If only himself. the coach could catch passes from him because he was such a was good an amazing NFL receiver. <laughs> so, hey, listen, he is still there, by the way. And everyone just – people Oh, he got him two years ago. He's done. Yeah, so, so there's something I there. mean, let's, let's give him that. Yes. So, okay, so let's talk about Tennessee. So uh, here's my my brief thing on Tennessee. Last year's we talked about the revenge tour of yeah. last year, and yeah. now Georgia just kind of got stomp on it, got stomp on everybody's necks, and they stomp got stomp on Florida's neck, and it was so fun, it was so exciting. But the, there was an undeniable sense that, like, listen, I think Georgia's going to be better than Florida for the next few years, but this is the last time you'll get to stomp on their necks like this, where you're just obviously. Florida is in total turmoil. Yeah. Everything's falling apart. You're, I you're agree with that about Florida. From the beginning. 100%. I feel like they might be able to do that to Tennessee. For a long time. <laughs> like For that, some time. That is, uh, that, that's the thing. Florida feels like they're improving. Whew, Tennessee's going to be rough. So I've been saying this for six months. I will continue to say it. I can't wait to Jawabi Films turns out the uh, Phil Fulmer, Jeremy Pruitt bum fights edition because <laughs> it's it's coming. It's coming. Look, Tennessee fans have talked themselves into this narrative that Jeremy Pruitt is the actual Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who knows? He could be, if you're going to place the horizon at Derek Dooley and Butch Jones, yeah, I think he's probably going to be better. He is he is more serious about football. He is not cornball in the way, certainly the way Butch Jones is. Um, the problem is, is that there's only room for one power ball on Rocky Top, and Phil Fulmer already has that seat. Mm. And we've seen Jeremy Pruitt does not like being second place. Um, Would uh, you say that he does not have the correct demeanor? Um, to be a head coach. Well, let's, theoretically let's just say, speaking, not that I have said that, but other podcasts. Let's just say that I'm not necessarily. I don't necessarily agree with the premise. Probably disagree a little bit with how it's done, 
I do not disagree with the backlash. And, you know, Paul Feinbaum, I've always thought he was a little bit of a clown. Um, he was much better when he was, I mean, not for nothing. Paul Feinbaum used to be a master. He was a ringmaster. I mean, literally up there with P.T. Barnum. Like, he he said so little on his radio show before he got on TV. He really yeah, but just... But now you got to have hot takes. But you got to have hot takes, right? So, but the reality is, is that Tennessee's fighting a three-headed battle that they just can't win. They are, uh, they're having to recruit in a place. They're having to recruit against teams that can out-recruit them on a lot of different levels for a lot of reasons. They're playing in, they have natural rivals in Georgia and Alabama who are already in places that they used to be and can't quite get to because of a lot of reasons. And frankly, the third is, is that, oh my God, the politics in that place make I mean, what a nightmare! I mean, dude, just what a horrible dude, place. Dude, no, no, the French, uh, the French would be like, "Oh, that's messed up." Rochambeau yeah. would be like, "Yeah, I don't think I can deal with all this." And look, Phil Fulmer, I don't have any doubt in my mind that Phil Fulmer wants Tennessee to get back to the level that they once were. The problem is, Phil Fulmer wants it to be on his shoulders and for them to put a bust of him up. Do you think he and, wants to coach again? Oh my God, he's going to coach again. Within three years, he, he, <laughs> he's going to coach again in three years. He, I mean, it will be at the end of the third year. No, <laughs> no. So you I think mean, he'll, he'll come in and ride on his horse and coach the bowl game for a struggling team? Oh they yeah, he's he, he subscribes yeah. to the Barry Alvarez newsletter on how to run coaches off and coach in right, bowl games. Right, right, right. Yes, one hundred percent. But yeah, it's it's, fun. it's going to be fun because it does feel that like Florida's retooling. They're going to be coming. South Carolina's got some good stuff going. Tennessee, I just don't feel like you have to worry about Tennessee for. Well, the good news is they probably win more games this year, or just the same number. Um, by the way, not in the conference. No, not in the conference. Okay, they went zero so and eight. Let's nail way. down. Let's nail down. Uh, we all have Georgia one. I yeah. Have, so where are you? I have uh, South Carolina two. Same. Florida three. Mississippi four. Missouri four. Missouri. Sorry, Missouri. Sorry, Missouri four. Kentucky fifth. Vanderbilt sixth. In Tennessee, you put seven. Tennessee last. Yeah. yeah, good for you. Yeah, Scott. I think it's no. I, I, I had the same except I flip flop UT and uh, Vandy. Okay, I have Georgia, South Carolina, Mizzou, Florida, UK, Vandy, and the Vols. So that concludes the SEC preview. All right, so we got another hour to talk about the national <laughs> stuff. So let's okay, we'll just zip by, through each part. Conference. By the way, a little bit behind baseball, Scott. By the way, started rolling his eyes a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So there are, in fact, other conferences. So I propose, I propose that we we go through quickly and hit each of the five major conferences. We talk a little bit about the G five and independence, and then do we want to make any predictions or we just like roll with it? Let's hold off on. Playoff predictions. Perfect. Cool. And uh, and and do that when we do the Georgia. Podcast. So like two minutes or less on each conference. Sure. I, I I think you need a little bit more from the Big Ten just because Listen, not because of Illinois. I knew that was. Coming. We got to talk about some stuff. We got some, some stuff to talk about. The Big Ten. Are you, are we going to talk about Northwestern's new indoor practice facility? Yes, yeah. we're going to talk yeah. about the the ja- the Jake on the Lake or something. I don't yeah, know. The, uh, the, I, listen, sorry, it's why I came. Listen, uh, Evanston's third Big Ten team. So you know, good for uh, good for. Northwestern. All right, let's do it quickly. Illinois, mm-hmm. Michigan. Okay. So, yes. So. Uh, Notre Dame, really. Um, <laughs> first off, question for all, all three of you before I get to Illinois stuff. 
Urban Meyer going to coach this again for Ohio State or no? No way. I mean, those hundred people that protested, sure, for them, but I, I, there's no way he can do it. It is not. Not, not in this climate, not any time. It is oh, not 2008 anymore. My no. God, what's that the dumbest yeah. group of. And under no circumstance ever again can Ohio State, and frankly, Big Ten fans can say, Ho ho ho, SEC or blah blah blah, or ho ho ho, Penn State, Penn State, yeah, yeah. get out of yeah. here. I mean, there, that, that gathering was like the uh, QAnon. To be, to be, that fair. was like the QAnon. There were, I mean, grown men were making posters. There were, were two hundred of them, and there were fifteen hundred yeah. Penn State fans. Yeah. But yeah. yes, yes, um, yes, no, he, yeah. I don't, I, mean, I, I, I don't all, see any. All that's happening right now is they're negotiating. Yeah, this is just negotiation. Yeah. Um, in, in, like he'd have been screwed if there wasn't a Title Nine issue. But the fact that there is oh yeah, issue, is, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Brett Brett McMurphy earned his stripes, man. He's great. Still getting paid. And he's still, still getting, getting paid, paid by ESPN. And though. they had to give him byline credit. Yeah. Like to be clear, by the way, for this little inside media thing, he did not report the story for Stadium. He did not. Stadium. He put it on his Facebook. He did it on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. But but Stadium's got a lot of credit because yes. Stadium like because well, they hired the video, him. Yeah. They did the video interview. They didn't hire him because if they hired him, he had to give up his ESPN. But salary. they're going to. They, they might. I, I don't know. Stadium is yeah. well, Sinclair, so we'll see. Yeah. But um, uh, but the point is, is Brad McMurphy, awesome. Good awesome. He's a great uh, reporter. Big Ten winners, uh, SEC. To me, Ohio State, if Meyer were there and everything was smooth, I would be tempted to put them one or two, to be honest. And that team yeah. feels yeah. ready oh my God. to rock. They are but now, oof. I don't know how you can possibly get behind them, which to me opens it up for Wisconsin. Wisconsin, to me, looks like a playoff team this and, year. And frankly, I'm not sure Ohio State wins that, that division. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's Michigan. I think this is, this is the year that Michigan wins. That. We have a Michigan-Wisconsin Big Ten championship. Wisconsin-Penn State, baby. So, sorry, we actually have a Michigan-Illinois. Yeah, I mean, well, Illinois. But. Well, b- before you go on your Illinois minute and a half or whatever, mm-hmm. I just wanted to hit some highlights. I think Wisconsin over Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Every time I see OSU, I think Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin over Ohio State in the championship game. I think the Ohio State coach, whatever his name is, he will end up getting coach of the year just because of the – it's not Urban Meyer. I'm saying the interim guy, the guy who's going to take over. <laughs> not for nothing. It was not Greg Schiano either. No. Um, I think Illinois goes 3-9 and nine or 4-8. and eight. They miss out on a ball. Watch your mouth. Um, Illinois, one thing I wrote down, Illinois plays at Rutgers on October 6th. Are you going to be in New York that weekend? Because you could go see Illinois play. That's a good question. I think Georgia plays. I usually don't go to New York on the weekends. So, and if Georgia's at I think Georgia is at Missouri, I think maybe that weekend. The 6th? Hold on, I'll tell you. Who did they play before LSU? I don't know. I haven't studied the schedule. (laughs) Oh, we got it up there. Yeah, you got your caricature in the way of the schedule. Uh, 8th, 15th. The picture of Vandy. 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 Oh no, I'm at a wedding that weekend. I'm at a wedding. That's the one at home game. Okay. Well, you can't go see them play. Um, And then, as far as scheduling malpractice, uh, Illinois or not Illinois, Indiana plays at Florida Atlantic. I'm sorry, not Florida Atlantic. That would be more respectable. They play at Florida International. Have you not paid attention to Indiana? I know, but still. Big yeah. power five school going there. And then Maryland, who I forgot they were in the Big mm. Ten, uh, they go to Bowling Green and play a game there. So yeah. those are my two. They're still not the most egregious one in, in college football, but those are two egregious scheduling flaws, in my opinion. By the way, watch out for Iowa. Iowa's the team I think oh, yeah. could sneak up on Wisconsin. I don't think they will, but they could. All right, so Illinois. They beat the crap out of – they're the team that kept – 
Urban Meyer out of his last potential playoff, didn't they? Well, I mean, for yeah. five years. Yes, 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 yes. Until start the clock, Tony. Okay. First off, reason for Georgia people to keep an eye on Illinois this year. Their quarterback is from Alpharetta. Their quarterback is age. Don't oh, come on. I'm Alfred, you something. Alfred of Georgia. Yes. Okay. What high school? John's Creek, Alpharetta. Uh, but he. This is actually his fourth school. Chad, check that out. <laughs> this is actually his fourth school. He was uh, recruited by LSU, by Nebraska, and uh, and so recruited by Virginia Tech. Then went to a junior college. That was AJ Bush, left-handed Virginia Tech transfer. We just have convinced he's Michael Vick. Uh, uh, I've said this before. We I talked to Parrish Walton. Shout out to Parrish Walton, who uh, got me into the conversation with Stu Mandel about this. I've repeated said before on the podcast again, there is no way that Lovey Smith is getting fired. Or more accurately, he is as likely to get fired as Kirby Smart is to get fired, which is to say neither one of them is going to get fired at all. Uh, if Illinois wins four games this year, is success, it is a success. I think they're going to win five. I think they've got a little bit of gumption left in them, and I think people get excited. I'm not pandering. I think the drive for six is real. You think the drive for six is real? If they drive, if they make it to a ball, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be. Uh, this is the sad thing about this is they make it to a ball. The schedule is actually perfect. The schedule yeah. is actually perfect. No, I was. I just, actually, it's yeah. not terrible. Yeah, but they just, they just might not be very good. But they're going to get there. They're going to get there. I have absolute faith. That wasn't too bad. And the lovey beard is magnificent. Oh. All right, oh. Pack twelve. Pack twelve. I'll go ahead and start. Washington over uh, Southern Cal. I Let's think, move along. I think Arizona is going to win it over Washington because I believe in really. I believe in Khalil Tate, and yeah. I believe in what you've gotten me all excited about with Kevin Sumlin. <laughs> um, so I think Zona's going to beat Washington. That, if he, if someone does that, his Sumlin's year. coach of the year, Khalil Tate's going to be up for major awards. Oh my god, they're going to be so salty in College Station. They're going to do all kinds of hand symbols for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I had to it, when when I, when we get into these other conferences, other than like SEC, other conferences, I have to I struggle with are they north, are they south, are they east right. or west, or coastal Atlantic? Are they leaders? Are they yeah, legends? Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, pretty obvious that Arizona is in the south, but I was surprised that Utah's in the south and <laughs> Colorado because that seems north to me. But anyway, I digress. Um, I the scheduling malpractice um, doesn't really count because I don't really consider Utah much of a you know power team because they used to be like in the Mountain Unreal West. Team. Yeah, but they go to in week two, Northern Illinois. Oh wow! Which DeKalb line. that Calvin September is beautiful. Yeah. That's the DeKalb? one. That's the one DeKalb, that's right. You mean DeKalb? No, no, no. no. It's DeKalb in Illinois. It's but DeKalb. we say DeKalb County. We do. I have to say I've always said DeKalb. DeKalb. Ooh. But we also say Berlin. So what's Berlin? Berlin. It's a town in Georgia. It's Berlin mm-hmm. in Germany. just this like mobile. Yes. No. Is that how y'all say it up no, there? Like Cairo, already, like Cairo already, Illinois, Cairo, Georgia, Cairo, Egypt. Yeah. It's okay. DeKalb in Illinois. Just yeah. go with it. It's, it's Lafayette, fine. Georgia, it's not Lafayette. Lafayette. Not Lafayette. Yeah. Um, right. So the one thing I'll say about, I, I, I think Washington is over Southern Cal. Um, but man, if Arizona wins that, Clay Hilton's getting fired. They will just change everything and hire another Southern Cal man. Um, <laughs> well, we can get this when we go to the Big 12, which maybe we should do next. This feels like another year, like last year, where two conferences are going to get left out of the playoff. To possible. me, I look at the possible. Pac-12, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think look at the Big 12, yeah. I don't see <clears throat> any logical teams coming out of there. None of those teams look good enough to me to be able to take out whoever loses that SEC championship. Washington has a shot. Yeah, maybe. Washington's the team. Yeah. Washington's the team. Yeah. But Although, keep an eye on Oregon. Oregon's going to be yeah. low-key really good. Yeah. Don't buy Chip Kelly... You see only yet. He's got yeah, a lot yeah, of building to do. Uh, fun matchup: Colorado at Nebraska, week two. 
Oh, old yeah. school Big 12. Yeah, or Southwest eight. Conference. No, Big 8. Yeah, Big 8. Big, big eight. 8. 12, 8, 7. All right, speaking of Big 12, I'll start again. I have uh, Oklahoma over Texas. I have Lincoln, Lincoln Riley as coach of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And Will Greer is going to be up for some major awards because from what I've heard, I've never really seen him play because I don't watch West Virginia football. But he's, Florida uh, transfer quarterback. Yeah, yeah Florida. Greer. He's got great hair this year, better than his coach, Dana Holgerson. You take that back. <laughs> um, o- uh, Oklahoma opens the season against Lane Kiffin. Yeah, it's amazing. That is going to be interesting. Uh, TCU plays mm-hmm. at SMU, which is cool because that's another throwback to like Southwest Eric Conference, Dickerson yeah. days. And um, the most egregious scheduling is, uh, and this doesn't count because of the whole Baylor situation. Because Baylor, I can, I don't even consider them a real mm-hmm. active uh, active team. I mean, we'll just, I can't speak. We've been doing this for ninety minutes, but uh, Baylor goes to University of Texas, San Antonio. The oh, Roadrunners. That's the that's worse than Northern Illinois. That TCU game, they are hosting Ohio State in Week Three. Interesting. I am fascinated to see that, where that, that game. Goes. I, I mean, I think it's a, a month ago, Jerry World or something. A Is month ago, that game would have been Probably. like, eh. I mean, it's going to be interesting through two quarters, right? But that game now has a lot of implications. Yeah, you're right. It is in Jerry World. So, um, I think, I think they're going to play Bedlam a couple of times. I think it's Oklahoma, really? Oklahoma State. Um, Keep an eye on West by God, Virginia. And they're not deep, but they are, for starters, one for one, their best team in the conference. Okay, how about the ACC? Are we going to get a – I feel like we're our old friend Mark Richt. Like this, the general consensus is, Familiar this, with this work. is I, in fact, his best team? I think it's the same matchup from the championship game as last year. Yeah. And I think it's the same result. Because it does, it does feel – and listen, we're talking about all these other conferences because we're talking about the playoff, or more accurately, we're talking about whatever team wins the other national championship that Central Florida does not win. <laughs> um, but when you're looking at that together, it's hard to come up with a scenario when you've got Georgia a clear favorite in the SEC, it's in the SEC East, and whoever makes it out of the SEC West, whether it's Alabama, Auburn, or even Mississippi State, is... And we'll have gone through a gauntlet. There's going to be a re- what you're looking for from these other conferences is you're looking for two losses. Like if like if, if Georgia loses twice, let's say they lose, they, they go into the SC championship game with one loss, sure. and lose, right? In particular, if they lose to the, whatever team that's, that's already, yeah, right. yeah. If that happens, can they still get in? And I would argue with Ohio State. Going through their scenario, clearly this is the most important thing to remember when it comes to Ohio State scenario. Yeah. I think it opens yeah. a door for whoever doesn't make it in the SEC. Because Ohio State, to me, looked like a team as good as Alabama and as good as Clemson and as potentially, uh, I don't think Georgia, we'll talk about the next week. I'm not sure Georgia's quite there yet. But like that top shelf, Ohio State was there. Them dropping out opens up the idea to, <clears throat> if it's not, assuming. To me, Clemson and Miami are good enough that whoever wins that game is in. Like, they're not going to see a team getting with two, like, three. Like, they're going to have done something. So you're looking at the Big 12, and you're looking at the Pac-12. And if you – they look to me potentially no team is great enough from those to overcome a two-loss Georgia team, which means – to me, the the ACC champ is in. The Big Ten champ is – Probably in, but maybe not. The Big Twelve champ and the and the Pac twelve champ 
are not certain. If you're a Georgia fan, yeah, and you go and you want to go into the SEC championship game with one loss or or fewer, yeah. obviously. If you can go in and do that, you could theoretically, looking the way this is all kind of matching up, lose that game as long as you don't get wiped out Ohio State, Iowa side style, and theoretically get it. Clemson beats uh, Miami like they're trying to beat the American out of them. Uh, by the way, I don't say this often, and if you uh, if you harken back to this end of the season, please don't. Team to watch in the ACC is Georgia Tech. That Nate Woody hire is amazing. Georgia Tech brings back a ton of talent on offense. Uh, the game we play here at the end of the season against them has all the makings of an ESPN leaked game because I think. They're going to be really good. Hmm. And I don't think they're going to be good enough to, to threaten getting in the ACC championship game. I don't think they're going to be good enough to make us – I think they're good enough to make us scared. But, frankly, I just don't think they're good enough. I think they're good enough to get Paul Johnson a contract extension. If they go 5-7, and seven, is he back next year? I don't see how. Yeah. I hope so. So you want them to go like seven and five? I want them to go nine and three. Yeah. yeah. Lose to Georgia and get, get an extension. Yeah. 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 I see that. Um, real quick. I told you about Toledo. scheduling match. Yeah. Mark, Mark Rick, I saw it. I saw it. I Mark Rick like, goes uh, to Toledo. I'm on it. <laughs> I mean, he went to App State last year. He doesn't care. But Well, to be fair, these games, the Toledo sched- game I get it. might be his scheduling. App State wasn't. But there's one that's worse. Oh. Virginia Tech goes to Old Dominion. <laughs> I mean, are they FCS maybe? Or oh, they just no, moved they, up? No, they've been, they've been bowl season. Now, aren't they? Hey, by the way. Not for nothing, they could lose that game. <laughs> I guess so. Who does that? That's terrible. That was like when uh, I think uh, Missouri went to South Alabama a couple years ago, or Oklahoma State did, State and they, they lost. Mississippi State. Yeah. I mean, you just don't do that. I'm still uh, recovering from LSU playing. Mississippi State played at La Tech last year and had a ninety uh, fourth and 93. Yeah. <laughs> no, La Tech had 4th and 93. Maybe that was it. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, they won. Which is amazing. So are we, are we done? Can we go? Yeah, we're <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sure. Uh, do, do you have anything else for us? I do. Or? I do have a couple things. Let, I mean, let me, let's talk. Yeah, yeah. Let's put a put a nice bow on the so, conference. So stuff. briefly, let's talk about the G five teams. Um, they're they're but Notre Dame. In my mind, who? Uh, in my mind, yeah. Actually, Notre yeah, Dame. Gold Jesus. Notre Dame could. I love it. Thanks for harking back. <laughs> there is a there's a world where Notre Dame has uh, a factors into the college football playoffs. Um, I don't think they're going to be quite good enough to be there, but they could. Um, I mean, there's three teams I, I keep thinking about, um, and there's you know, that's, that's Boise, Memphis, and UCF. Um, last year's actual national champion, UCF. Um, Memphis is going to be really good. They play a couple of games. Boise, look at their schedule. They're 13-0. It's not hard to, hard to see that. Um, regretfully, the the probably the best player in the nation is going to play at Houston this year with Ed Oliver, but it's going to be basically Ed Oliver. He can't play offense either. He can't cover on can't can't cover passes. But he is. Uh, don't be surprised if he gets invited to New York for the Heisman ceremony. He's going to have ridiculous numbers, and he's going to be drafted the top three or four next year. I don't want it to go unremarked upon that Notre Dame gets is back playing Michigan this year. He is. And that, yeah. that feels. Like a game that should be played every year. Of all the rivalries that we've lost from realignment and all, and all the yeah. schedule, all the that, changes of football, that game's finally back. Notre Dame and Michigan should play every year. Also, Notre Dame plays at Northwestern for the first time since 1976. 
they well, played him in Chicago, but they have not played him on they're campus. They're not going to recognize Evanston. Yeah, I have to say, it's good that they'll finally be able to take the tarp off the seats that they can't actually sell yeah. to sell out Northwestern. I mean, so they can't have that them. game late because of Notre Dame fans. Yeah. But. Shout out to Stu Mandel, who literally, like, I like Stu Mandel. I got no big Stu Mandel. But, like, him and Darren Ravel and Michael Wilbon, if it weren't for them, no one would even pretend that Northwestern football Shit. is actually a thing. Don't get me freaking started about this. Go Cats. So I've got a couple of fun little things. Someday. I got a couple of fun little things to end this podcast with, this long podcast with. I've enjoyed it. Season four. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Um, So Georgia Tech announced uh, their new logo redesign and their new uniforms. To me, they don't look much different. They're Adidas now, right? They are Adidas. They got away from Rydell, which, I mean, shocker. Russell. Russell. Even, no? Okay. Yeah, even worse. I was gonna say. Um, so they got not a Dale, It's not the 1988. <laughs> they've got a new uh, B redesign where they kind of narrowed some things on their Adobe Illustrator or whatever, and they changed the colors from like yellow and blue to gold and to black. Kind of yellow and kind of blue. Yeah. <laughs> so the interesting thing I mentioned uh, WWE earlier. Um, Will Ooh. got a question for you. Do you know who Roman WWE Reigns is? is? No, I literally have no idea. You don't know who Roman Reigns is? I don't is. waste my time with Pitfurly, so no. Or <laughs> Georgia uh, Tech. Well, yeah. Roman Reigns is a WWE superstar, and he also played linebacker at Georgia Tech. His real name is Joe Anoe. Do you know who Bill Goldberg is? I do know Bill Goldberg. Yes, okay, good. I do know Bill Goldberg. He played at Georgia. Yeah. So, Tech unveiled their new uniforms, and they had Roman Reigns, WWE superstar, suit up. And he came out and did his shtick. I'm sure Tony Schiavone was there calling it like he was ringside or something. To be fair, back in the day, I was a uh, I liked the WWE, and I thought I swear to God, I thought Roman Reigns was a porn star. So, <laughs> yeah. I think I, the, I and he may be. Who knows? One, Buff Bagwell. I, I watched uh, <laughs> the Bagwell. one year of wrestling uh, during a particularly uh, sad, lonely, stoned period in my early New York period, and it was the year that Kurt Angle and Rob Van Dam. Were the two top guys and, and Chris Benoit. That's why you can't talk about Chris Benoit anymore. And uh, I have to say, it actually was kind of entertaining. Absolutely, it was athletics. It was. It was By athletics. the way, guys, this is my favorite moment of the podcast. I swear yeah. to God, it is. Yeah. I never thought we'd. I have to, for the record get Will to talk about actual WWE. You know who Chris Benoit was. For the record, I was in fact at Madison Square Garden for WrestleMania 20. That Chris <gasps> Benoit won the championship. I was in what? fact there. I was literally in the building watching it, cheering for Chris Benoit because well, guys. that was the because to me I the thing I don't like about WWE is the artifice. I don't like the showmanship. Like that's the stuff I don't. But that's like. what makes it fun. No, what wait, makes wait, it fun wait, for wait, me wait, is wait, the athleticism. Wait, and to watch that what these guys put themselves through. I still tell my kid. I try to convince my kids it's yeah. still real. Will, <laughs> you're a movie guy. You don't like the artifice of it. I don't. I don't like the, sh- the showmanship. I the, the uh, I would say my favorite movies have a bit more nuance and subtlety than your average WWE match. Yeah, that's and, fair. And uh, for me, I mean, my 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 guy that one year that I watched wrestling was Chris Benoit because he, there was something very real about him. There was something <clears> he had come from like these like Jap- like the hardcore Japanese uh, yeah. kind of hardcore play. Like I really liked a guy that was like you know what I actually am not really good at selling anything. But I've like come up with a persona, or doing, or, or being gold dust, or whatever these people are. But uh, I am just this incredible athlete doing these incredible things. And so, being there for when they rewarded the guy that did that 
rather than punish the guy that did that was a very exciting thing that I used to tell people that was a really cool thing. And now <clears throat> you literally can't even say the words Chris Benoit. So, uh, you need to watch the documentary on, uh, like, uh, Scott Hall and what happened to him and everything. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's almost it's on Netflix. Uh, okay. Let's not talk about football. By the so, um, That's good for you. I want to end this podcast. Um, we might be hearing some new SEC names as we play against other teams or watching it on CBS or something. So I wanted to present you the best SEC names that you're going to hear this year on certain teams. Okay. Just the best football names, like just awesome names. So I was afraid you're going to say things like Louisville Cardinal. No, no, no. no. So, um, by the way, that's not best for, uh, for university of Tennessee. They have a defensive back named Nigel warrior. I mean, think about when Bakari Rambo was yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, in our cool. defensive backfield. Uh, LSU, we're going to face them this year. Greedy Williams, defensive Love back. It. That's Love a perfect it. name for a D-back. Um, Ole Miss, maybe maybe this will help with their uh, probation. They have a defensive lineman named Sincere David. Oh. Sounds like a garbage pail <laughs> kid nice. or something like that. Yeah, Sincere David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Sinister David. Um, <laughs> Auburn has an awesome offensive lineman named Brodarius Ham. Oh, yeah. I mean, one, M or, yeah. one M or two M's? Two M's. Two M's. That's even better. Um, I mean, this is good. You, just use your imagination on this. Auburn also has a defensive back. I don't know if he plays, but his name is Smoke Monday. <laughs> that sounds like college. Zero. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then uh, Zero chance he gets suspended by the end of the season. And then, and then LSU has a wide receiver named Tiger Shed. Okay, cool. I mean, how appropriate GDs, is that? What and then my three favorite... T-Y-G-A. Yes. My three... No, Shed, S-A-G. Oh, okay, I get it now. Three favorite. Uh, I don't know if this is a real name, but it was written on the internet, so it must be true. There's a <laughs> linebacker for Arkansas named Bumper Pool. Bumper Pool. <laughs> I, mean, I, am, I used to play Bumper Pool. Yeah, I mean, that's... One way or the other, like, there's not a lot of last my first names kid. that aren't going to work with Bumper as the first name, but Pool is a nice one. Bumper Pool is a nice one. doesn't work. And then, and then uh, the last two are names that you might see roll across your screen if you're flipping channels, like on Cinemax late Friday or Saturday night or something. I'm so scared about where this is going. Um, Florida has an offensive lineman named Stone Forsythe. Yeah, okay. Does that yeah. check out? Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be up all night. And then uh, Kentucky has a linebacker named Cash Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, uh, Cinemax names was Tony Waller. <laughs> well, uh, a little known story about me. <laughs> you, you were on Red Shoe Diaries? Red Shoe Diaries. I was on, I was, I was on Emmanuel 9, Back to the Prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so one last question, and then we're going to end this thing. Wait, wait a minute. I want to talk about my thing. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. Yes. So, um, yes. so uh, uh, some of you know I used to be uh, director of a nonprofit here in Athens called Children First. We ran the CASA program. If you know, know, don't know about CASA, we train, uh, they train volunteers to represent children who are in uh, the foster care system. Uh, Children First here in Athens also runs a uh, visitation center for parents with kids in foster care. Um, I am doing the dumbest thing probably I've done in my life, which is a pretty big statement, uh, but I'm going over the edge for children first. I'm going to rappel off a building here in Athens. Um, <laughs> I do uh, the Spark Building. Thank God it's not a tall building. It's only like six stories. But um, I am raising funds to do so. Um, Scott will post the link to where to donate to that. It'll be in the show notes. In the show notes. Also, we'll have it on the website. Um, any donation is welcome. Um, 
originally I said if we had my my portion is fifteen hundred dollars. Originally I said if we got the three uh, thousand dollars, the the top donor I would wear the college jersey of their choice uh, when I went down the building. But I am putting this out there. If you're the top donor, if I get to fifteen hundred dollars, I will wear the college jersey of your choice. Even those godforsaken Florida jerseys. So um, I can't I imagine. People aren't listening. I can't. I can't imagine those people are listening. But um, you know, look this this where, money. Where, where can we donate? Where can we so donate? we can donate at Over the Edge. If you'll go to Over the Edge, uh, look for the Athens tab. Um, you'll find me under the Children First tab. Um, look. This money is the best investment you can make in Athens and the children and families of Athens. Uh, it's something I care a lot about, and I appreciate you taking the time to look at that. Um, and I'm begging you, not just begging you, like it's a, it's a great organization. Obviously, it's an organization I believe in greatly if I'm willing to go and put my my ass in a harness <laughs> and walk down the side of a building to what do this. are you doing this? I am doing this. On August twenty fourth, which is the the Saturday before Georgia plays Austin P, which is a real place. Yes. So, um, former take, basketball player, the former fly bas- is open. Yeah, the fly is open. Let's Austin go P. Um, please take the time to go and donate. I really appreciate you doing this, and thanks for giving me the time, guys. Of course. Well, guys, we're now in season four. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the nation. We've talked about the SEC. We'll get to Georgia. Next week. Next no, I think it's two weeks. I think it's actually oh, two I'm weeks. sorry, two weeks. We're talking about Georgia. Yeah, in the next week, we're going to have a couple of podcasts. I, uh, I'm i going to interview Michael Felder, who is at In the Bleachers. He does some stuff with Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also does some stuff in a couple other places. I'm also going to talk with Barrett Sally. Hopefully, keep your fingers crossed of CBS Sports. Um, it's getting real. My, my interview with Seth Emerson is scheduled. Good. We are doing it on August 20th, so it'll be coming out. The week before, uh, for those of you that awesome. are following Seth, uh, he is the best. I w- no offense to no, the rest of the crew. Really good. But to me, Seth Emerson is the – it is worth noting just how fortunate you are as Georgia fans to have that good of a beat reporter. Yeah, especially in a place where he can write, write he can what do he wants thing. to write. So yeah. Subscribe to The Athletic. And, uh, you know, subscribe to The Will Leach Show on Sports Illustrated. And yeah. waiting since last Saturday. Waiting so, guys, you've wasted an hour and a half of your life, but yep. we appreciate you subscribing. Read, rate, and review us. Mm-hmm. And go dogs. Go. What's the next word? Dogs. All right. Honestly, Scott was giving me the, please wrap this up. Please stop. <laughs> please, I'm begging you. <laughs> please stop. That was half a bottle of bourbon night. Yeah, yeah. Good. We got made it happen. We did it. And thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about our show, hit us up on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. And make sure to go to the show notes for the links that I've mentioned throughout the show. Tony's Over the Wall Charity Fundraiser and the Hype video are linked in our show notes page for episode 138. That's the one you're listening to. The links will also be uploaded on our WSLSpodcast.com website. And let us know what you think of the new podcast logo. We like it. And I'd like to thank my friend and class of 2018 Georgia graduate Ellie Blocker for her great design work in putting that together. Thank you so much, Ellie. It should be uploaded to all of our sites very soon if it hasn't been already. The three of us will be back with another episode on August 22nd. And we do have a few interviews with a few college football analysts and writers set to go up next week. So there will be fresh new content throughout the entire month of August. September 1st and the beginning of the college football season is right around the corner. It's a great time to be a Georgia fan. We will see you on campus in just a few weeks from now. And as always, go dogs.